2: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled
0: We're talking here. Okay. Let's begin talking. It's a talk show. Gotcha. Hey, how are you
3: doing? Fantastic. So what you have, the flu or something? Upper respiratory infection of nonspecific origin? No freaking idea. How often are you sick in your life and you never know what it was? You know, often because you didn't go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and, or they don't figure it out or tell you or spend the money it would cost to figure it out because it ain't worth figuring out. It's going to no. go away on its oh, own. No, no, no close
0: relative of mine went to uh, the hospital with chest pains. And uh, uh, this close relative, to whom I may have had three children, uh, the doctor said to her, it's really good you came, but I want you to know, 70% of the time, we have no idea what happened, and we'll never know. Right. So I thought, wow, that's something. For something that is is uh,
3: uh, of acute interest as chest pains are to the medical profession. I know I was here for a little while last week. It's mm-hmm. some day. I don't really remember it. I don't remember most shows. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I lived in a in a blur for like three days. That's the sickest I've ever been outside of when I had cancer. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Just terrible. Oh, it nobody else up gets up. it. I hope Ugh. not either. I don't know what it is or what yeah. is going around, but geez, Yikes. oh my God. Yeah, right. I missed trick-or-treating for crying out loud. I mean, that's like a, I'd have to be on my deathbed to miss trick-or-treating. Well, <laughs> I missed there trick-or-treating. You yeah, yeah. yeah polls 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 everywhere polls
0: as we get close to the i don't know if you've heard this the midterm election tomorrow the polling business has changed in a way that i was completely unaware of and the good folks at pbs actually did a pretty interesting featurette on it the other night uh as sent to us by alert listener credit words do uh theodore thank you theodore I'm going to play a little bit for you and then boil it down, Uh, but I thought this was really interesting. If it seems like polls are getting less accurate, there's a really good reason why. Uh, diving into uh, the good folks at the PBS NewsHour.
4: So just how much attention to give polls became a point of contention after the 2016 presidential election. In 2016, national polls showed Hillary Clinton beating Donald Trump by a little more than three points. She won the popular vote by about two points. But in three key states that put Trump over the top in the electoral college, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, polls showed Clinton winning By between four and six points. Trump won all three by less than 1%. So to explore how polling has changed in the last two years, I'm joined by Domenico Montanaro. He is the lead political editor for NPR and Patrick Murray. He's the director of the Monmouth University Polling We'll be University skipping him. He,
0: he was a little Institute. boring to me. And
4: we <laughs> welcome both of you uh, back to the NewsHour. So, Domenico, I want to look back for just a moment. Uh, looking at 2016, a lot of people were very quick to criticize the polls and say they were all wrong. You were talking to us today and saying no as we just pointed out it wasn't the national polls it's what happened in the states what do you mean by that
5: well there's a couple different things that are going on here i
3: mean the fact of the matter is you have a lot of national news organizations who are still pretty flush with cash who are able to pay for pretty good polling across all of the
5: states right And you have like a good representative sample of what's happening but in, when it comes to the states and congressional districts and the amount of money that can be spent by local television stations, local newspapers, they those are drying
3: up and being more difficult to to be able to pay for good polling. And I- so
0: the irony of this is just before this story, uh, Judy Woodruff, the anchorette who has uh, been doing news since FDR ran for a second term, <clears throat> was saying the latest Maris NPR poll shows a national nine-point lead for, for uh, Democrats. And then they launched into this uh, four five-minute long story that pointed out that, well, we don't elect representatives or senators or even presidents
3: nationally. We do them district by district or state by state. I never so understand. That's meaningless. <laughs> I always ignore that number. I never even understand why they're telling me. It's
0: a vaguely interesting. Which way the breeze is whispering?
3: Right, but it doesn't tell you right. what's going to happen on election day.
0: So here are the three point uh, the the key points rather as uh, boiled down by the very helpful uh, Theodore, uh, beloved listener to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There have been fewer polls done at the local level to measure congressional elections and turnout. Then in 2010 and 2014 they are on decline for the reasons mentioned. Uh, there have been plenty of national polls commissioned by major media outlets who have the funds to pay. Local, congressional, district level polls were traditionally the bedrock of figuring out what's going
3: to happen. But as the local news and newspapers have weakened or evaporated, so has local polling. That's you know obviously true. Uh, yeah. you know, Now that you mention it, of course. So what do you do with the lack of those? Well, you
0: take national and state-level polls and over-extrapolate them, give them too much weight, too much emphasis to provide insight as to how the local congressional elections will turn out. Electorates are often regional at best and mostly local, which uh, Theodore points out, and he's an astute observer of the American scene, seems a little strange in the era of a homogenized national media ecosystem and the fact that every town now looks the same with all the same big-box stores. Mm Mm-hmm. Politics does remain, to a large extent, local. Um,
3: President Trump has the well, same level... if you've level... got a gas tax, like in California, or a teacher strike, like in Arizona, or whatever the hell's going on in Florida... Right. Um, yeah, that matters to them. Yeah, and that was
0: the interesting uh, thing you pointed out last week. One of the real animating uh, issues in Arizona is the teacher strike. I've heard it
3: called the animating issue. Right. and Where did each candidate comes down on the whole teacher strike? I don't have any idea what their position is or what the issue is. Right. Neither does the national media. And what's double ironic about it is a senator would have nothing
0: to do with that anyway. But it's, are you on my side or not? Are you a good person or not? Do you sympathize with the things I sympathize with or not? And that's the way politics really works. And then uh, Theodore points out, it all comes out to it all comes down to turnout. Are
3: Democrats energized enough to vote more than they were in a presidential uh, year? You know what's a great race is that Florida governor race. I wish I'd have been following it closer. I've seen little bits of their uh, debates and stuff. I mean, it is nasty. That's where you have the very Trumpian Republican, very Trump-like guy, endorsed by Trump, talks like Trump, uses the same tactics, and then a, a, a Bernie-style socialist running against him. Um, I mean, it, it could be the preview of the national election, could and be, the, and the and the socialist dude has got the lead currently. Yeah, do you mean this election or the 2020 presidential? The 2020 presidential election.
0: Although, as you've pointed out, if the Democrats take the House and Nancy Pelosi, the doddering old witch, gets the uh, the speakership back. I mean, that will energize Republicans like crazy in 2020. I think... So it could be the very victory you speak
3: of will will kill their chances. Well, yeah, I think... Although that's a Senate race. I think the best thing that happens for Trump is uh, the socialist wins in Florida, wins the governorship, and Nancy Pelosi and the Dems take back the House. I think that's the best thing for Trump the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely think in that's what I think. Yeah. because the Democrats are then going to run a Elizabeth Warren style, Bernie Sanders sort of person against Trump because they say, look how it won in Florida. It won't work nationally, right. I don't
0: think. Right. And uh, and he'll win. So let me uh, finish with Ted's sign off Theodore. I'm sorry. He signs at Theodore. Why am I calling him Ted? Who am I to call a man by a nickname? Uh, I love this because it's so Armstrong and Gideon. Uh, well, to some extent. Not that it matters, but just so you know where I'm coming from. I'm an army officer and former Never Trumper who protest voted for that dumbass Gary What is Aleppo Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Mental patient. I continue to believe the president is a moral obscenity, and I have strong disdain for nearly everything about him. That said, he's surprised the hell out of me with historic progress in Korea, some deregulation, and an ability to command the blob. That's the limitless, uh, limitless omnipresent bureaucracy. I'll give credit where it's due. No other conventional politician could have pulled off the Korea detente, among other things.
3: The lower regulations is my number one Trump issue Yeah, that I like. Um, I think it'll go away, whoever's president next, but well, and, it's a b- bump in the road.
0: And listen, and this is a tough thing to terrify voters with, and that's the only way to get them to the poll. But if there is an administration or a, a Congress or a Senate or an individual politician who thinks of business as... A really good thing, because it grows the economy, it provides jobs, it provides tax dollars, and God bless America's entrepreneurs and business people and hard workers, because, man, they're the engine for everything. And then you got the other side thinking, we got to tax them. They got more money than everybody else. We got to take that money. Those are the two points of view that, that are really number one in terms of effects on people's lives. Are you pro-business, are you pro-economic growth, or do you think business is, a, 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 you know, a, a, a well, I was, that was prejudicial. I was going to say a host for the paradis- parasite to suck off of. Those are the two philosophies, really, that matter. Well, I wish we and argued. Trump about- has been the the former in spades.
3: I wish we argued about that sort of stuff and voted on it, but we don't. Um, have you been following this little rhetorical trick? Who
0: cares if you have a job with the caravan coming to kill you and the health care yanked away from you? When the caravan does stab me, the Republicans will have taken my health care away.
3: Um, Ted is a nickname you just brought up, reminded me. So I, I saw Carl Rove on one of the shows yesterday who I've got no time for. Oh, my God. But um, all those people who, who get presidents elected... Carl Rove was the campaign manager when Bush got elected, and so he's a rock star after that. All the people that are rock stars who got Clinton elected, all the people that are rock stars that got Obama elected, he had the three best politicians of the last 30 years. Right. They got themselves elected, and they chose you to be the campaign manager. Anyway, um, he regularly refers to Ted Cruz as Raphael Cruz. <laughs> because that's his real name, yeah. And and uh, Bet- Beto O'Rourke as Robert Francis Robert Francis O'Rourke because that's oh. his real name, yeah. To so take away his whole I'm Hispanic thing, um, so I just think that's funny. I think if Robert Francis O'Rourke should win against Rafael Cruz, <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> Not hilarious. sure how much chance I'll get, but <laughs> Rafael Cruz versus Robert Francis O'Rourke. Um. What are the main issues? Maybe we'll hit that. The latest polls are out, and what people are going to vote on tomorrow. Did Saturday Night Live cross a line? Yes. Um. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Um. I, I. think finally figured out what's wrong with Saturday Night Live. Really? Watching it over the weekend. Yeah. You got to call Lauren Michaels. I would like to. I don't know if he's even aware of it. How he's uh, he's made a mistake. Um, and uh, oh, and we got this text. If we're counting chicken pot pie as pie, then we gotta count pizza pie as well. So where does pizza pie fit on the top five pies? Hmm? That might be Good number question. one. That might beat out Apple. Good question. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Says who?
4: Poles. I just told you. I answered your question. Okay. Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. around like she's got nothing to lose you see go get her she's everybody's side she's a queen of the city but she don't believe the hype she's got her own elevation holy motivation so i wrote some letters on big bold. i got
3: grande there isn't it former fiance of one pete davidson of saturday night live who is now in a bit of a jackpot over uh some
2: comments
3: from his comedy routine so we'll we'll play his little routine on saturday night live and uh and response from congressman who thought it was very very uncool and uh well we'll get into the whole thing I'm guessing that most of you have not heard this, because you probably don't watch Saturday Night Live. No, I think a lot of people who did
0: have been driven away, honestly.
3: Yeah, and I think I know what's wrong with Saturday Night Live. They had a funny, funny fake ad for pug wigs that obviously in my family we really enjoyed. Tired of your ugly pug? Your ugly hairless pug? Come to pug wigs. And then they had different (laughs) wigs for the pugs. Fabulous. They had actual pugs there, and it was... A humor to bring us all together. It was actually just darn funny. But here's Pete Davidson, and he was going through... um, he says he doesn't pay much attention to politics, and he was just going through pictures of politicians and what they look like.
5: And I realize there are some really gross people running for office this year, so here are my first impressions. Okay. Uh, this guy's fun. Uh, Rick Scott from Florida. Uh, he looks like someone tried to whittle Bruce Willis out of a penis. <laughs> it's a curse, Obviously like a curse. <laughs> The New York guy, uh, Peter King. Uh, I actually don't know a lot about him, except he looks like if a cigar came to life. <laughs> uh, this guy's kind of cool, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yo, hold on. Uh, you may be surprised to hear he's a congressional candidate from Texas and not a hitman in a porno movie. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I know he lost his eye in in war or whatever. (laughs) Okay, let's pause there. So that, I was okay with
3: the hitman in a porno. Personally, I thought, that's fine, that's funny. You just see the picture and I thought that was a funny joke. Looks like a tough guy, a hard guy.
6: The follow-up
3: was really uncool, as he did lose his eye in afghanistan the in a war or something was way too dismissive oh my god i just i just thought that was really uncool now Pete Davidson's dad is a was a firefighter who died on 9 eleven he's got some idea the whole service risk thing mm-hmm. but um so the uh the candidate in question crenshaw himself wasn't um what isn't calling for an apology. I want us to get away from this culture where we demand an apology every time someone misspeaks, he tells TMZ. Wow. I really appreciate that. That is a man right there. Uh, we don't need to be outwardly outraged. He did criticize the joke in general, though. Good rule in life. I try, not hard to, I try hard not to offend. I try harder not to be offended, he tweeted. That being said, I hope at NBC SNL recognizes that vets don't deserve to see their wounds used as punchlines for bad jokes. But I appreciate him not demanding an apology, because that's the first thing everybody does all the time. Right. And then they don't accept the apology, then you go to sponsors and try to boycott and say, um, you know, Ford's going to pull out unless Pete Davidson's fired, and we go through that whole song and dance. Right. He's he's not asking for that. That is a
0: manly damn response right there.
3: I try hard not to offend, I try harder not to be offended, is a good one. I knew nothing of this candidate before his response to that, and all of a sudden I want to vote for him based purely on how he handled this situation. Sure, and I understand how some of you would hate the joke all the way around. I was okay with the first part of it. Uh, Let's hear this next one, though, just because I thought it was funny.
5: (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, Yeah, Cuomo, uh, he looks like a guy that's sleeping with your mom, but stays overnight and eats breakfast with you in his boxers. (laughs) And then he asked you how the baseball's going, and you say, You don't play baseball. And he goes, Oh, queer. <laughs> wow. Wow.
3: Wow. That was his attack on Cuomo, who was running for governor of New York. Uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I just to me, I found the the joke or the whatever obscenely dismissive and and just sad. But absolutely of the culture in which he stews. Sure, he just he doesn't have. It's like if you've never ever met an ex person in your life, you're not going to have an idea of what they're about or how you should respect them or what their lives are or whatever. And you know the fact that his dad was a firefighter died on nine eleven is interesting to me. I just, it just was sad
3: to me. It was just. It was somebody so grotesquely out of touch. I don't, my, my, sad. I figured out what I, I think Saturday Night Live is really missing. Now, obviously, they've gone, they've gone all in one direction politically. And so that is its own thing. And they apparently decided last year at some point they've gone too far with that. But they're no longer politically incorrect. That, that joke aside, they used to do that sort of thing where I would go, oh my God, regularly on Saturday Night Live um about all sorts of things and they no longer do that they're not ah. they are not politically incorrect they're the opposite they're 100% politically correct they make all the jokes that their crowd are going to think are perfectly okay they are reverent yeah toward the progressive politics they are no longer irreverent yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. And I didn't even notice that missing. I used to watch the news on Saturday Night Live with Dennis Miller or whoever, and I'd say, oh my God, I can't believe they just said that. Right. That almost
6: never happens anymore. Wow. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Donald Trump bringing along special guests to his rallies today. We've got the true cost of owning an iPhone over a lifetime, and Alec Baldwin arrested. Coming up. <laughs> yeah, Alec <laughs> Baldwin
3: yeah. might actually be Alex a nut. Baldwin. This iPhone story is pretty interesting, too. You're listening to the Armstrong and the Getty Show. So this is a good place to put this just because it's incredibly sad and then we can move on. That, um Mayor of a small town in Utah who was killed in Afghanistan yep. yesterday. You, you you hear about you know uh, our, our 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 best and brightest who fight these wars. This guy who enga- who engages life and the American project more than this guy. Somebody look up his name because I don't have his name in front of me. But um, seven kids, yeah, raising seven kids, participating in his local government as the mayor. And in the reserve, right in the National Guard, and uh, and and went over um, and it was in Afghanistan and got killed over the weekend. Yeah, one Brent, of
6: those... Brent Taylor. Yeah, Brent just, I mean, his
3: name. you cannot participate in life at a higher level than that guy was. Um, and I, I was I was thinking about him, and I'm not criticizing anybody's lifestyle. I did it for a long time, but there's so much emphasis put on. I've lived a rich, full life because I've been to Bali and Nepal and this restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really experiencing life. Yeah. You raise seven kids, participate in government, and fight for your country? Holy crap. Yeah. You are involved in the human experience at the absolute highest level. And he's probably never been to Bali. Um, uh, Quite a story. Just awful, though. That's why I wanted to put it here so we could move on from it because it's very sad. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips.
6: Well, President Trump is going to be calling on uh, two of conservative media's heaviest hitters for his last rally before tomorrow's midterm elections. Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity will be joining Trump tonight in Missouri. Missouri Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill facing a tough challenge from the Republican State Attorney General uh, Josh Harley, or Hawley. The White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders talking about Trump's very busy schedule. The
4: president's got another packed day. Nobody has worked harder, particularly when their name is not on the ballot, than President Trump has. But he's not just doing it at these rallies. He's been doing it every single day by impacting good policy and making our country better.
6: At the rallies, the president continuing to tell the migrant caravan heading to the US they need to turn around. At a rally in Macon, Trump said no one from the caravan of Central American migrants is gonna make it into the US unless they go through proper channels.
3: You know, it, Joe mentioned it earlier, it's just true. You can't you can't get people to vote on things are good. Let's keep it that way. No nope. <laughs> you just can't. It is, by many measures, the greatest economy the country has ever had. But you can't get up there and say that, and people get, yeah, let's just keep like it going. You go vote. I'm fine. I'm comfortable. It's just like when my kids yeah. are complaining about something. I can't convince them to be happy on, look how great our lives are. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Right. <laughs> you have to solve a problem to get any hero status. Um, it's just
6: the way the human mind is made, I guess. On the other side of the aisle, former President Obama's been working the rally circuit hard as well. Don't just sit there and boot don't what? just sit there and complain. Don't boo. Don't just sit oh. there and boo. Don't
2: get anxious and throw up your hands and say, oh my God. Don't hashtag. You need to vote. There you now, go.
3: W- w- why can't other politicians do that, though? I guess it's just a skill. Um. I, I, one of my favorite jokes on Saturday Night Live was about the whole Oprah thing. So Oprah's going around, is it Georgia, knocking on doors? Yep, yeah. And they're talking about, yep. can you imagine how disappointed you are? You, you knock at the door, you go to the door, and it's Oprah. And you think, oh my God, I'm going to get a car or something. Mm. And all she does is hand you a pamphlet for a local candidate. <laughs> oh, what? Hey, thanks, Oprah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I'll vote. Right. So is this Oprah kind of testing the waters for running herself? Any uh, chance? There's a lot
0: of speculation that that's the case. It could just be her being politically active. Remember,
3: Steve Bannon's
0: biggest fear is Oprah runs. There are a lot of people who are politically active right now, and they're not running for president.
3: But with Oprah, who knows? Steve Bannon is also doing speeches in front of 10 people in, like, Holiday Inn Express conference rooms now. <laughs>
6: right. right. Meanwhile, you got the Georgia Secretary of State's office investigating what it is calling a failed attempt to hack the state's voter registration system over the weekend. The Secretary of State Brian Kemp is also the Republican candidate for governor. His staffers say they're going to investigate the Georgia Democratic Party as part of their probe. The Democrats issuing a statement calling the claims false and a political stunt by Kemp.
0: I need to rewind briefly to Oprah yes. and remind the good folks. She inflicted not just Dr. Oz, but Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil <laughs> on humanity. A couple of exploitive quacks,
3: if there ever were one. I don't think Oprah could be beat. I swear if she ran for president, I don't see how she'd be beat.
0: Hang Dr. Phil around her neck like a dead you
3: might, you might get right. You might get ten people vote who've never voted for anything in their lives, including student council. 10 10 people? 10 million people.
6: It would vote for Oprah. Wow. Man, maybe. Turns out the true cost of an iPhone over your lifetime is (laughs) $300,000.
3: I looked at this yesterday. I actually sent this to Marshall. Raising a child. It comes from MarketWatch. It's pretty interesting when you break it down.
6: Oh, to tell. Yeah, Yeah, MarketWatch crunched the numbers and found that based on typical smartphone costs, your kids will end up spending... $75,000 a piece on their phones over the course of their lives. When you factor in what they call the opportunity cost of all that money, that's when it comes to $300,000. Now, the extra cost is based on the average amount spent each year in the U.S. on cell phones, and the average returns you'd make on that money if you invested it instead from age 18 to 78. Now, the the flaw
3: in this, I think, is yes. it's, it's kind of unrealistic to me to live in the modern world without a smartphone. Right. Um, see, you kind of got to have one. But it does point, you out, point out how expensive it is. Uh, something that never existed at all Sh- a few years ago. Sure,
0: yeah, it, it is. It's an interesting point just because it, it makes clear the economic principle in general. But why don't we talk about a used car instead of a new car? Or, I don't know, smaller house instead of big house. Or or
3: never stopping at Starbucks. Thrift store
0: instead of uh, Nordstrom or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Never stopping at Starbucks.
6: Hours after getting busted for allegedly beating a guy's face over a parking place dispute, Alec Baldwin was photographed exiting the New York police precinct office where he was taken after the skirmish. He was actually arrested. Yes. Well, this is not the first time for him. He is a
0: loudmouth, no-back-down New Yorker. To his soul. He's not pretending to be. Is
3: he a drinker?
0: No, he used to be. I don't know if he still uh, hits the bomb. Remember
3: when
6: he screamed that phone message at his daughter? That was pretty unhinged. Rude little pig. Right. Baldwin allegedly hit a 49-year-old man near his Manhattan apartment. The man was taken to the Lenox Hill Hospital. The actor addressed the situation on Twitter, tweeting, Normally I'd not comment on something as egregiously misstated as today's story. However, the assertion I punched anyone over a parking spot is false. I wanted to go on the record stating as much. Fortunately, no matter how reverberating the echoes, it doesn't make these statements true. End of tweet. How old is Baldwin? Like 60? 49. Oh, is he really? That's oh, funny I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was the guy he hit. I don't have his age. He's got to be. He's yeah, got to be about 60. He's yeah.
3: past getting in street fights yeah. age, whatever age that is. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> yeah. He's 60 years old. He yeah. did not deny punching in the man. He denied punching the man over a parking space. Yes. gotcha. Well, yeah. so I well, need to right. know what yeah. it was about. I didn't punch yeah. him over a space. I punched him because he called me a punk. Nobody calls me a punk. 60-year-olds who will throw fists right? over yes. a, some sort of disagreement. That's a... yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you how you know he's guilty. The fact that he wasn't on Saturday Night Live mocking it that very evening. Right. I think if he were completely innocent, he would have done that. But his lawyers thought, nah, better not say or do anything.
6: Mm. And wrapping it up, Chargers are on a roll. They were in Seattle. Touchdown, Chargers! They took out the Seahawks 25-17. to Yesterday's victory, the fifth in a row for the Chargers. Their longest winning streak since 2014. And the Rams. Why does God hate San Diego? Why would Why would God
3: take away the Chargers, and then have them be great? Because you give San Diego that weather, and then say, but you can't have the Chargers. So you give them to L. A. That's it, true. It doesn't <laughs> appreciate
5: them. It doesn't want them.
6: And the Rams lost their first game. The Rams lost the first yeah. game. And yes, they lost to the Saints, forty-five to thirty-five. That's think- an FFC Championship preview, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong at Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Here's some exciting news depending on what
3: city you live in is Amazon narrowing their choices for their second headquarters. Everybody's been hoping that. You talk about there is never, probably in the history of the world, been yeah. a city transformed overnight the way it will happen when Amazon names them as their headquarters.
0: Ryan Burrow joins us. Ryan's an ABC News correspondent and has been uh, following this story.
3: Hello, Ryan.
7: Hello, yeah, and I'm in Chicago, one of those 20 cities that uh, is vying for this. This is the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket. No kidding, no kidding. 50,000 jobs, $5 billion investment, and cities are essentially throwing themselves at Amazon. to Get this, because these aren't 50,000, you know, uh, part-time employees or uh, hourly wages. These are going to be management positions, middle management positions, some high-paying jobs, so uh, every City on this, this list of 20 is really trying to do everything they can to, to woo Amazon. Now, just based on the list itself, we saw two in the Washington, D.C. area. We know that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. We know that he has a home in Northern Virginia. So it does appear as though Washington, D.C. is favored to some extent. If you're a bookmaker in Las Vegas, that's probably where your money would go. Now, uh, we did find out over the weekend in a story posted to the Washington Post, of all places, which Bezos owns, that Amazon is in advanced talks to open its second headquarters there in the Washington, D.C. area, just south of Washington, D.C., in Crystal City. So. Read whatever you can wow. into that. Uh, some Amazon people have pushed back and said, no, you're getting people's hopes up. That's not where we're at in this process yet. Oh, no. Um, but uh, um, eventually they've got to whittle this thing down. I mean, they've had 20, 20 cities just kind of hanging in the wind for the last year. Um, you know, eventually they've got to make either a decision or whittle this thing down. You even know, there,
3: there's a crowd out there. There's actually legal arguments been made that Amazon is a monopoly and, and the way it has dang, uh, imperiled so many different institutions, not just companies around America, they're so powerful. God, you put them in Washington, D.C., where they have like serious next-door lobbying power and the economic might of all those jobs and everything like that? Holy
0: crap. The dystopia will come not from the uh, hallowed halls of government, but from the the halls of industry. Mm, Interesting. Hey, Ryan, are there any other cities or regions that are getting uh, buzz in particular?
7: You know, we've heard Austin was a favorite uh, with close ties to University of Texas. That's also where uh, Amazon purchased Whole Foods. That's where that headquarters is. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about how it's got to be along the East Coast. I don't necessarily know that that's true. Um, tax rates are considerably cheaper in Texas, so Austin, Dallas, some of those uh, options uh, may be viable, too. But. We just don't know at this point, and to be honest with you, these cities haven't really told us what it is they're offering, whether it be tax incentives, whether it be uh, buildings, whether it be land. We just don't know at this point, and they're being very secretive about it. It
3: would be a smart thing to do as a city is to say, we will make a four-lane freeway going from your company to whatever oh. to make it easy. I mean, it'd be worth that sort of investment.
7: Absolutely. And, and all you have to do is go just above the border from me in uh, Chicago to Wisconsin for the Foxconn deal. Part of that included a, basically an interstate loop that goes around where the new headquarters is going to be for the Taiwanese company. And in it, they demanded an auto- autonomous vehicle lane. I mean, we're talking five, ten years down the road for wow. that even being reality. But, yeah, that was one of the demands, and that's something that they're putting through. So you better believe Amazon's doing something very similar.
0: Ryan Burrow of ABC News. Ryan, we appreciate the uh, the time very much. very much. Thanks. Take care. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to put a highway in and out. you got to rename your uh, your town Amazonian. you got to hire a bunch <laughs> of uh, six-foot-tall hot chicks for the grand opening, <laughs> don't you? I mean, it's just
3: well, to uh, start there. Bezos, his politics are left, right? Yes. I mean, he runs the Washington Post. We see that. Yeah. I don't know if you saw 60 Minutes last night and how Texas is so reflective of America right now and headed in the direction of, you know, possibly bep- becoming a blue state in the near future. God, if I'm Bezos, I make Austin the headquarters, transform Texas, because you're going to bring in 50,000 tech, probably left leaning people, yep. transform Texas into a blue state. Now, the Two biggest states in America are, are solidly blue. You can transform politics in this country. Wow. If that's his purpose, that'd be a pretty good strategy. Texas is a big state, but it is getting a little more purple. Oh, yeah. That, that 60 Minutes piece last night was interesting. Um,
0: anyway. Although you uh, know which way they lean. They were trying to make you think that. They fooled you. They duped you. I didn't even say it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> you know, it's funny. You were talking about the uh, B- 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 Robert Francis O'Rourke versus Rafael Cruz. Right. And how uh, old Beto is trying to make people think he's Hispanic. And, and <laughs> I all... don't know
3: if he's trying to make people think he's Hispanic, but...
0: Eh, I don't know. That's his nickname since he was a child, sure. from what I understand, just to be fair. But it's, it's funny, because I've, I've known people of a number of different uh, Hispanic stripes, um, including... Uh, a Cube, uh, a friend of mine is Cuban, and the the creation of the voting block that is "quote unquote" Hispanics is entirely artificial. It is bound together with duct tape. Spaniards got nothing to do with Cubans. And Cubans got nothing to do with Mexicans. And Mexicans can't stand Hondurans. <laughs> and a Honduran is would just as soon jab a Brazilian in the eye as look at him. It is an entirely artificial concept constructed to keep people in a pen and keep them voting the same. It's a lie. But people, once they're grouped in a tribe, start to think, yeah, yeah, this is my tribe. Got to look out for my tribe! Even if somebody else stuck them in it
3: for their own purposes. It's pathetic. <laughs> um, you voting tomorrow? Oh, like crazy. <laughs> over and over again. Two, three times. Over and over again. Hell yeah, because I'm American. Every address I've ever had, I'm voting. Heck yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience
2: of the nation.
4: The Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. So, what are um, uh, the issues people are most interested in? We can hit you with that coming up. The very last poll before Election Day. You boy. What's driving people to the polls? Um, And uh, the history of this um, uh, is kind of interesting, the midterms. So, I got my blood drawn last week. I was the sickest I've ever been. I went in to get my blood drawn because when if you've had cancer, anytime you get sick, you're supposed to get check and see if it's that. Wow, and it's not. Mm. But um, so I wanna get my. But you may remember from stories from years past, I've got a guy I really like who draws blood. Me too. My man Pong. You love your guy. All right. Yeah. Pong is the first person I ever had draw blood where I didn't feel anything, <gasps> and I've had a phobia about, about needles my whole life. Yes, sure He's just got the soft touch for yeah, you. I'll, I finally found out. So, um, and and he's become because I've mentioned Pong many times over the years. Dang it! I thought I could do it in a minute, but I couldn't. Because of Sean, he interrupted no, you. Uh, I need more now. Blame just bad planning. <laughs> I know why, and you're gonna want to know this: why some people are good at blood draws and some people aren't. He spits on the needle. Gets oh, her up because it <laughs> makes a difference, and it makes you want to make these other sons of bitches get out of the business. Oh, I'll boy. tell you that. Oh wait a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Also coming up, beloved Armstrong and Getty listeners caught in bitter political correctness controversy. Awful.
3: They're the target of online shaming. Um, Issues you care about and other stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
7: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
1: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
3: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here.